Welcome to What to Drink Podcast, where we pair anything and everything with your host, Connor Taylor, and producer, Bobby Deason. Welcome, everyone, to What to Drink, where we're going to help you pair anything and everything. Uh, Bobby Bubbles Deason is here. How's it going, Bobby? I'm doing pretty good. Are we going with Carney on the other side, or I don't is know. that? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, this is the first I've ever heard of this. <laughs> no, no Bubbles. No Carney Taylor. No, it's Bubby Bubbala Bubbles for you, and it's esteemed host Connor Taylor. <laughs> of for course, me. Yeah, yeah, naturally. So our mission here is to pair anything and everything. And I was just thinking, I want to paint the pairing here. It's a nice warm day. I'm on a hammock, right? And it's perfect, but I'm a little parched. It's warm. Mm-hmm. So I, I look and I, I ring a bell. And out comes Bubbles in a butler outfit. I've got a butler in this. Oh, I'm not wearing a butler outfit in this, <laughs> this dream. How about a butler t-shirt? I'll do the t- I'll, How about the tux t-shirt? The tux t-shirt. That's, okay. that's classy. Yeah, there we go. Now we're, and he's got a bathing suit on and a, the tux t-shirt. But he brings out a, the, one of the best gin slushy drinks I've ever had. Right? It's got Brookie's gin in it. We're going to learn all about it today. We've got a lot of questions for the distiller here. And it's got, let's see, cucumber and watermelon and mint. All sorts of great things in it. That's the pairing for the week. It's what to drink in a hammock. Brookie's gin slushy and a mason jar. What else do you do when it's warm outside? Mason jar. What do you think? Yeah. Cheers. I like it. Yeah. 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 Uh, we actually, we had the head distiller make it for us as well. We made it together over in our little uh, test kitchen. So we are very excited to announce our special guest today, Eddie Brooke, owner and founder of Brookie's Gin. Eddie, Thanks welcome to What to Drink. Thanks for having me, guys. It's, yeah. really, uh, it's good to be here. Thanks for this cocktail. This is a, uh, mm. pretty amazing. Delicious. Yeah. A slushy is still a cocktail, right? Slushy is still a cocktail. Yeah. I reckon, you know, if you are going to be having a drink in a, in a hammock, yeah. you know, the sun on your back, slushy is the way to go. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm already just dreaming about the summer in my hammock. It's going to be great. So let's, let's talk real quick about how we made this thing. So we chopped up a bunch of fruit. Mm-hmm. So let's say we, so we had, we basically got a kind of smaller melon and we made enough for uh, four because James with Anthem Imports is yeah. here with us. He's being a little microphone shy right you now. You, you can't drink alone. You know, yeah, you got yeah. to have a fair few. In <laughs> how are you doing today, guys? I'm doing fantastic, guys. How are you? <laughs> he changed seats to move the mic. We got him. We got him. He thought he was <laughs> brought him in. He brought him, reeled him in. So we made uh, we made four, right? And yeah. so we did about the better part of a small watermelon. And we did how many cucumbers? Did oh, we did, a- yeah, cut about a quarter of a cucumber, yeah. close to half a watermelon. Look, we're very specific when it comes to measurements. You know, I was like, how was much it. ice do I put in the blender? He's like, I don't know. Just, yeah, you know yeah, it feels right. You know, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a science to yeah. making a good gin slushy. You right. know, about half a small watermelon, yep. you know, quarter of a cucumber, couple of scoops of ice, and this is where it comes, this is where the science comes into it, is when the art of mixology at its finest, <laughs> yeah. which is how to pour your gin. Yeah. We use a specific measure, which is the glug test right. in Australia. And you close your eyes and you pour the bottle and how many glugs is, is what you're going for. So yeah. it depends how many people you are, you've got, or how much time you've got in the hammock to spend. But, right. you, you now, what's the glug sound? How does that go? Oh, it's a, well, you can almost reference it. Oh, give it a go. We're going <laughs> a glug, 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 glug. James, can we hear your glug? Glug, glug, glug. Oh, that's a good glug. <laughs> that's a glug and a half. That's yeah. about right. Yeah, yeah. That's a little heavy-handed on the glug. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's trying to that's feel a, no pain a, this afternoon. That's a full glug. Had a few sips of a slushy. But no, but it's true. Eddie said, all right, let's do four glugs. We're on a four glug blend. And I just started scooping some ice until it felt about right. So I think it was about yeah. two or three yeah. 
you know, like Raisin Bran style scoops. <laughs> yeah. Raisin Bran. <laughs> so those are your technical specs. We'll yeah. put that on. We'll there. write that up <laughs> so you guys can replicate it perfectly. But really, it, and then we, and then we, of course, so we blended it and then we garnished with a sprig of mint. And mm-hmm. it, it, it really tastes like summer in a glass, I feel yeah. like. Just very refreshing. Very refreshing. With the watermelon, you've got the gin. Yeah. Uh, it looks like cucumbers. summer in a glass, yeah. You know, just the how it looked, the the mint sprig, the watermelon, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's sort of perfect, you know. In the hot months of the year, you've got this extremely refreshing drink, and then when it's cold, you want to dream of summer, right? right. So, exactly. you know, you can bring your hammock inside. You know, yeah. you yeah, can, yeah. Uh, you know, create a little outside I atmosphere. On, I keep on trying to bring one in my office. They kind of, <laughs> how's that going? <laughs> yeah, they're not. They, don't, they look poorly on that. Yeah, uh, but let's let's talk about. I want to talk about the gin in here and yep. a little bit about you. So let's talk about you first a little bit and i want to know a little bit about your history yeah what was kind of your aha moment when you realized okay spirits this is the path i want to take yeah so believe it my slushy making career came later <laughs> on in life um no i'm i'm from australia um grew up in a little town called byron bay uh that's where home is for me and where the distillery lives so my family we've been macadamia farmers um but what we're really passionate about is is regenerating rainforests regrowing rainforests so that's been my life upbringing um an education about caring for the land understanding about how to regenerate and bring land back to life but our family growing up in the food industry i I had a love of food you know and, and passion for flavor and and showcasing that and we had a food business and uh yeah so always had a Kind of, yeah, uh, obviously it's coming through in my slushy career now. Right, right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just love sort of creating flavors and showcasing them at their best. And, uh, yeah, so moved off to university and that kind of inspiration for flavor kind of led me into the world of bartending. And I worked with some great, great mentors in in bartending and mixology and became an ambassador. I'm going to try to condense it. I will be here for a while. Yeah, but right. uh, uh, And became an ambassador. And my job was educating people about how, you know, spirits from all over the world uh, were made. You know, I was very fortunate. I got to educate people on, you know, whiskies like Buffalo, the Sazerac portfolio. We had, you know, gins from all over the world, scotches, and this gin called the Botanist Gin and the whiskey called Brook Laddie Whiskey. And I was uh, very lucky enough to work up through my career in sales and marketing and I was a brand manager. And there was this gin that I fell in love with because when they talked about the gin and the whiskey and how it was made, they didn't tell you about the botanicals or what went into it. They Mm -hmm. told you about the farmer that was farming those botanicals or how it captured that sense of place from from the small island. And for me to educate people on that, it uh, it was easy. So... That career, I actually got to put on a, a tour for the then master distiller of Brook Laddie and the Botanist Gin. His name is Jim McEwen, um, and he is an absolute rock star. He's the uh, Bruce Springsteen. He uh, is known uh, as the Bruce uh, right? Springsteen <laughs> of the world of whiskey. The boss. The boss. Oh, <laughs> He's the man. Yeah. There's a you know three times international master distiller of the year. Created the Botanist, but uh, he you know, he was your mentor. Right? He was my mentor, but at the time. Yeah, imagine if you're a young boxer and you got to put a tour on for Muhammad Ali. Yeah. That's the kind of how powerful it was for me. Yeah, no pressure. Uh, No pressure, right? Yeah, Yeah. don't stuff it up. And it was during that that tour, I I organized a 22-show sellout tour of Australia and we went everywhere and people paying and packing into auditoriums to listen to this man's whiskey. And we formed this great friendship during that time and he fell in love with 
kind of what my family is passionate about, which is giving back to the land and the rainforests and community. And on this one flight, we were talking about native Australian flavours from the rainforest. And he turned to me and he said, he's this man, he believes in karma. And he said, Eddie, I believe we were meant to meet and we're going to start a distillery together. So that's kind of uh, how Brookies, Brookies was born. I think that's so cool. So had your family been working on this regenerative rainforest project for a while? It, it was separate from the gin and then you were inspired to create gin with botanicals from this rainforest is that right? yeah definitely you know it started i was a bottle of wine undrunk when they started it, you know? uh, it, was, it was before my time um and we they bought 96 acres of land and it was once this once dense great rainforest kind of similar to almost like the redwood forests in uh, in the states here right. um i think in, in oregon in the northwest yeah, yeah. Um, and we had that but when australia was colonized a lot of land was just you know destroyed and cleared so my folks you know being farmers you know you got to understand geez how do i grow a tree it comes in the soil Mm -hmm. well geez i've got to get the soil better right you know and how do i learn about that and that fed them and led them down this path to uh you know to to falling in love with this idea of bringing the land back to life um, and regenerating rainforests so back then in 88 uh, we they planted some forty thousand rainforest trees and we've been continuing to plant since there. And, and now when you walk into the land and the rainforest, it is a fully established, um, regenerated rainforest. You know, we've got, uh, you know, 120 bird species. We've got wallabies, echidnas, koalas, platypus in the dam, and this plethora of incredible rainforest botanicals which are just native to tape native to the land i'm picturing rescuers down under the movie oh, that, oh my gosh i'll show myself out i'm so sorry <laughs> i can see it you know like yeah. you know commando roll through the rainforest right pick some native raspberry and onto the next yeah you know? exactly yeah, that's actually how we do it you yeah. <laughs> well this is awkward now yeah. <laughs> let's not talk about the botanical <laughs> no so so you guys have been on that mission your family's been on that mission to regenerate and it just sounds like a big big task yeah and so you've been familiar with what the rainforest could produce yeah how what what was that moment when you realized okay let's let's show off these botanicals for this gin yeah was it with jim it it actually was with jim like again my background and growing up as a young kid on the land is it was just a a born education into it so For instance, mum and I, we'd go harvest, uh, there's a, a native plum called a Davidson plum, and we'd make jam from it every year. You know, in raspberry season, we'd pick and harvest native raspberries. I, I, I learned about and knew about aniseed myrtle making it in teas and cinnamon myrtle. So that education, and it was actually on that tour when I was talking with Jim, because this is like, he's like the Willy Wonka of the world of <laughs> gin and whiskey, you know, and, and I wanted to educate him and I wanted him to learn about how much I love Australian native flavours and, right. and what a, this plethora of incredible ingredients we have. And I was telling him about, you know, in gin, you've got some really traditional botanicals, things such as, you know, what makes a classic dry gin. First rule of gin, you've got to have juniper in it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's right. kind of where the rule book finishes. You know, as long right. as you've got juniper in it, you've got a gin. You could have a, 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 you know, one botanical gin or... And, and they don't tell you, you, there's not like a minimum. You could put one berry in, I think, technically. <laughs> yeah. You know, but no one does. You know, people use a, a decent yeah. amount, but you could just. You I'm know, sure some uh, do. They yeah. probably just <laughs> don't taste like gin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But, uh, you know, juniper, you've got coriander seed, and you've got 
things like angelica root, you know, and these are like more traditional. You've got some citrus, but then you've got flavors like aniseed, and that comes through in a sweetness. We call it distiller's sugar, and aniseed is quite sweet. And then there's normally a fruit component, and then there's a citrus component, and then there's a floral component, and then there's sort of earthy notes coming through. And you take a step back, and what I know and love about native Australian foods is we've got it all. And that was the moment where I was talking with Jim and we were, I actually have in one of my notebooks the very first recipe we wrote for our dry gin. Um, We had to perfect it a bit more from writing it on a plane at 10,000 feet. And it was that moment where what an opportunity to showcase, uh, you know, our, our pantry, which is our native rainforest, and build that and create it and craft it into a perfectly balanced gin and I had the background and the knowledge of native foods. And then you got the world's bloody one of the best distillers in the world here, created the botanist gin and knows how to balance those flavors. So it was a, yeah, it was a hell of a combo. Would you say, I, I'm often curious what people's mission in the beverage alcohol world is. Is yours to show off the flavors of Australia in the gin? You got it. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> the only one I'd add in there is to kind of, showcase the flavors of our Australian rainforest through our gym. And part of that is it also becomes a vehicle to educate people about it too. Right. Um, You know, this idea of rainforest regeneration or this, you know, thing of us trying to make a difference in the world, it's almost too big, right? Everyone gets a bit overwhelmed by it. But we're kind of a living testament of in a matter of 30-odd years, you can completely transform land and bring it back to life. You right. know, so that's kind of the, the hidden message under it. But from a flavor and a spirit profile and everything we produce is to capture the flavor and showcase the flavor of the Australian rainforest. Well, it's really cool because I never really have talked about the Australian rainforest since the rescuers down under 30 yeah. years ago. <laughs> and here we are talking about it. And yeah. now, you know, you just have just introduced this gin to the States. I yep. think I just hit Georgia a week ago. It's hot off the press. Yeah. And so people will be talking about Australian rainforest and these flavors. Yep. It's really a cool thing I think you're doing. Yeah, it's an exciting stuff. And, and at the end of the day, firstly, it's the spirit's got to be good and it's right. got to mm-hmm. be great. And we, when we distilled and created and crafted our gin, that's what we were searching for was to make an exceptional spirit. And we talk about this idea of balance. You know, we got 25 botanicals in there, you know, and a real combination of nay or traditional, those classic gin botanicals, but layering in all these, you know, native botanicals. And the way Jim talks about it, it's like, it's like a piece of music, right? You've got these beautiful back tones that sort of set the bulk of the piece of an, in an orchestra. Uh, and then you've got all these intricate sort of notes and things rise and fall. Um, so all of those have to work in balance. And if you've got someone, you know, comes in with a ripping, distorted guitar solo, yeah. you know, yeah. that's going to throw things off. Slash. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I'm still going to be listening. Yeah. I'm going to be listening to that. <laughs> but we uh, really search for balance in how we, we distilled this gin. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, we use macadamia as one of our botanicals. Oh, yeah. It actually brings a real oiliness and a creaminess to the palate. So... You know, for for make, mixing a martini, it is just sensational. Mm. What is the weirdest botanical in from the Australian rainforest? Is that's, that yeah? Or do you have anything that's very Australian? That I, I guess I've never have had a. What did you say? The myrtle, the aniseed we, myrtle. Yeah, so yeah. aniseed myrtle, cinnamon myrtle. We use strawberry gum. We use a strawberry gum, and that is a, a, a gum leaf like a koala would eat, but it is a specific type that has the components of strawberry. 
And oh. it smells like strawberry chewing gum. It's the strangest thing. I think lily pilly berry is normally... <laughs> lily pilly berry. <laughs> lily pilly berry is probably... <laughs> now, after three slushies, the yeah. game is lily pilly berry. Yeah. So yeah. you've yeah. got to say five, five times fast. Yeah. <laughs> Who named that one? I wonder. <laughs> I well, let's see. Lily. Lily. Uh, hold it was on. Lily and hold Pilly on. got it's together, had a yeah. few gin slushies. And <laughs> lily did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so if I was going to put this into a, a tonic, a G&T, yep. it, it, it works fabulously in that. Incredible. And what would you suggest? What tea should we use? So, uh, you know, you, for us, we work so hard on crafting and balancing a great gin. And, right. you know, when you, when you drink a gin and tonic, you put a good a glug of gin in and then lots of ice. And then you're going to fill the rest of the glass with tonic water. So the main thing you're drinking in a gin and tonic is tonic. Yeah. So yeah, and it begs you know it kind of leads you to the aha moment of well maybe we've got to use good tonic yeah. if we're going to have a great G and T. I know. Sure. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm pushing boundaries here. <laughs> Stay with me. And so for us, we, we partner with some great tonic brands, but you know internationally, I think it's here in the states is Fever Tree. Yeah. And you got they've got such different great tonic waters, but one of theirs is a Mediterranean tonic. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit lighter in bitterness. It's not as uh, as big on the quinine. It's almost got this beautiful citrus. They use, um, you know, the, the Sicilian lemons, I believe. And so it's this kind of really nice, refreshing tonic. So okay. it lets the botanicals and the gin um, and all the all the, the kind of all the flavors we work so hard to get into the gin really shines in that. So I go if you're gonna choose one, Fever Tree range is bloody brilliant, but the uh, the Mediterranean tonic pairs yeah. really good. Let's give them the free pub to yeah. Fever Tree. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, 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 who do I send my check to? Yeah, exactly. yeah. 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 We're making a lot of dough on this <laughs> yeah. podcast, yeah. so we'll let you we'll send, okay. yeah. Yeah. send the royalty checks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's true. They even, that's even their slogan, right? It's when three quarters of your drink is you know tonic. Why not? Yeah, you got to mix with make the best. it good. Yeah. And, and I think that's something you know in Australia and in, in the UK, you actually have tonic menus. You know, they have gin and tonic menus, and it's um and that's one thing you know what we're, we're going to be working with is educating people not only on gin but also you know that's the majority of the way people drink it is right. is with tonic. So then you get to play with your garnishes as well. And for us, if I was to get someone to make me a perfect gin and tonic here in the states, I'd go a uh, uh, Brookies dry gin. Lots of ice, Mediterranean tonic, and a slice of pink grapefruit. Oh, nice. Ooh. That would be yeah. also acceptable in a hammock, I would suggest. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that fantastic. Okay. Speaking of like getting your fruit with drinks, there was a time I stopped drinking for a few months in college, and I think I developed scurvy. Oh. I had, had an orange slice <laughs> and beer or a fruit and a cocktail. What is wrong with you me? You needed a medicinal gin and tonic so to bring exactly. you Exactly. So that would revive my spirits, yeah. my health. And I was back in action. I love those. There's there's so many great, you know, all of these classic cocktails. We were talking earlier about, you know, where they come from. And one of my favorites is a gimlet. Um, And gimlets with gin, lime juice, uh, and and balanced with some sugar. And I I think it was the British Navy, or um, they were traveling around the world and Part of their rations, their daily rations, was booze. You know, uh-huh. they, they'd get a, or whatever, right? Yeah, they get a tot of rum or, or a pint of gin, yeah. and uh, and part of everyone was getting scurvy, so they needed to increase the intake of daily vitamin C. So what they used to do was get these massive vats and put lime in there, and they'd essentially make their own lime cordial. So you could imagine on a sailing ship, it sounds glorious, probably wasn't as, as glorious, but everyone's sipping, you know, these lovely gin and tonic, gin 
oh, sorry, gin and lime cocktails. <laughs> and that was kind of the birth of the, yeah. the Gimlet cocktail. Slightly refined since right, then, I'd right. say. But uh, it's just great, all the, the history true. They didn't of know, They didn't know why people, why people were getting scurvy, but then they uh-huh. figured out limes would prevent it. But so it was really true. vitamin C, right? You know, on that Gimlet, I've never had one, but I've always, I do like a margarita, and I've always felt like a, the margarita or the Gimlet, yeah. I don't know which came first, is like the equivalent of the other, but with a different... Spirit, yeah, different base. Yeah, yeah, I'd always like to like have one in each hand and just have a, like a sip on each, oh, yeah. just to like taste. You test. could do that uh, this weekend if you want to. Uh, I yeah. think we With, might have to try that out yeah. later yeah. today. We're going to have to <laughs> purely for science research sure, and right, for purposes yeah. only here, not for the enjoyment. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, the world, the world of like sour cocktails is you know you got those cla- like the margaritas, but when you you step back and you look at them, you take out the alcohol and you look at the ratios, they're all pretty similar. Uh-huh. You know, a daiquiri, a margarita, a gimlet, and and that's what's great once you learn a few basics of a few good cocktails. Yeah, like three, two, one type of thing. Exactly. Like yeah. You know, you can take gin or you can take, you know, bourbon and rum and, and, and whatever spirit and really kind of start to play around with them and introducing fruits and different flavors. And yeah. Well, it's kind of like we were watching, we watch Top Chef or the cooking shows and they're, when the ingredients are so good, it's almost, you know, don't screw it up. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so when we're starting with something really good with these really cool botanicals and yeah uh, yeah it's just it's just it's not as hard as you know masking a different right. maybe something else so. yeah a, lo- a lot of the time it's about just you know purely going back to simple things uh-huh. you know and i and i think from distillation it's very much about that there's some basic foundational stuff comes down to a few core things of processes of distillation but it, it's exactly that you start with great ingredients you understand what portions to use them good slow distillation we use a traditional scottish pot still um, we distill all of our gin in there. And, you know, for, for us, uh, I might tell you just quick about the, the process of how we do yeah, it. Yeah, great. School. Yeah, yeah. So, so generally how the in gin's made, it's, 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 it's a distilled spirit like all, all spirits are. But we use a Scottish pot still. So we start with a wheat-based spirit and then we layer in all of our dried botanicals. And then we steep them, we turn the still on just until it's too hot to touch. And when it gets to around that, um, might have to convert me here from Celsius. Um, I'll use too hot to touch. How about that? Yeah. 60 so degrees Celsius. Today we got <laughs> well, almost yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this is the Science Australian forward. measurement and terminology. two shakes of a lamb's tail, <laughs> we take it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's the official. That's yeah, the official. Yeah. That's our timekeeping. We don't have watches. We have lamb's tail shakes. Um, and uh, and well, after we've hot steeped it, we then shut the still off and walk away. And we leave it there to steep overnight. Oh, wow. And all of those dried botanicals, that's the coriander seed, your juniper, your lemon peel, your orris root, all of those come back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we come back in the next day and then we need to bring in all of our fresh botanicals. So we'll go out first thing in the morning. There's this beautiful flower called a banksia flower it's known as a bottle brush in australia mm-hmm. actually that's probably one of the more australian terms yeah, we've got lily pilly and bottle brush <laughs> um, and you know the best trees to go to because the morning birds at, at dawn uh, are going for the nectar oh. and we pick and harvest those the bottle brushes first thing in the morning you, you've got to get it when they're full of, of dew and nectar and then we go we harvest native ginger from the rainforest fresh we got fresh lily pilly fresh raspberries wow. and this is like distilla- a day of distillation so you do it starts in the morning at, of 
starts at 4.30 a.m. We're wow. off. Um, it's got to be as fresh as possible. Mm-hmm. Then we come back in and then we layer all of those products into our, all those ingredients into our still. But we do it through a special way. And this was, Jim is an incredible mind. And this is where it came through. With, he's, he's an ideas man, is Jim. And we were working on the recipe and we had all of our traditional botanicals in the spirit. We could get those in. Uh, a lot of our native ones, we, we, we have a botanical basket in the line arm of the still that goes down and that was where the native ginger was and we were kind of out of space. And if you put these delicate botanicals in the belly of the still and boil them, they'll get lost. They'll get beaten up, they'll get bruised and all delicate notes will be gone. So Jim came up with this idea. And he told me, and he looked me in the eye, he looks like he had devil's eyes, and he said, <laughs> Babylon bags. Babylon bags. Wow. Babylon bags. And I was what, like, what the what hell are you talking about, Jim? <laughs> this is early in the morning. Yeah. I hadn't, coffee hadn't hit my What's veins. What's Jim been up yeah. to? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's been doing a few botanicals, maybe. Um, and it was this idea from the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. You know, you've got, you know, these sort of gardens perched on the, the sort of the, the sides of these caverns with oh, mists yeah. and vapours passing through them. So we welded hooks on the inside of our still. What? Packed muslin cloth bags with, uh, with these botanicals and we held them there and, and hung them. So the vapour just passes through all of our native botanicals. You're just creating more room. We're creating more room and it's this softer form of extracting all the flavours from those soft botanicals wow and so it brings all these delicate notes into the gin yeah yeah so then we distill through and it's all about capturing the heart of the spirit the heads and tails we get rid of that and the heart of the spirit is that all of those 25 botanicals coming together this is my first time trying it today for bobby and myself mm-hmm. and it's really really good i think i'm about to make a strawberry slushy for round two that'll be good I'm thinking that'll be good because it's not too sweet. And then we're going to try a little uh, G&T over the weekend, I think, with oh, the Mediterranean yeah. fever tree. Good call. Mm. Sounds like a good weekend. Yeah. I might have to hang around. <laughs> I'll delay the flight. Well, yeah, yeah, there, there we go. <laughs> oh, did I mention we're coming back to oh, the rainforest, yeah, yeah. actually. Yeah, actually, I was going to suggest that. The best way to drink it is in the rainforest yeah. on our distillery. You can't get better. So, you yeah. know, anyone that comes to Byron Bay or to Australia, we've got our cellar door and we do rainforest and distillery tours. So. Oh, wow. So where, where is Byron Bay? So we are the most easterly point in Australia is our little tiny town of Byron Bay. Okay, okay. We are, um, so New South Wales is our state where Sydney is and we are right at the most northern tip of New South Wales okay. just before we go into Queensland things get a bit strange up there in Queensland <laughs> strange folks Queenslanders yeah. and Tasmanians no nah, I'm just <laughs> we love them all but they're a bit strange Byron Bay is known for beautiful beaches um, you know gorgeous a lot of great surf beaches and beautiful kind of landscapes and nice. it's now uh, a very Kind of sought after place, and uh, celebrities are moving there now. And uh, but I think that I think they're living there just for the gin. That's yeah, that's my like it. You're bringing yeah. them. Probably probably not true, yeah. but I'll, I'll go with that one. Like moths to the flame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna go um, race immediately to the hammock and <laughs> with my second round of slushies. There you go. And kick this weekend off right. So, Eddie Brooke, thank you so much for sharing mm-hmm. your gin with us and the story, and for all your ecological work too that you and your family are doing. It's been a a great pleasure to have you on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been brilliant. Yeah. Cheers. Right. Cheers. If you love what to drink, would you please hit the follow button, give us five stars if your heart will allow it, and leave a review with any pairing or person you'd like to hear from in the future. Thanks for listening.